Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Welcome to episode five of the Endurance Horse Podcast. I hope everyone's conditioning and ride season is going well. It is the 4th of July, 2018, and I would just like to say thank you to everyone who sent in files to make this episode possible, but I'd like to especially say thank you to Lori and Beth, both of them Midwestern women that ride here in the Midwest of the United States, both are from Wisconsin, and I just needed two more files, had been waiting for a while and asked, and they both learned some new technology, which is not always easy to do, and they got those files in. And so thanks to them, we were able to get this podcast put together and out on the 4th of July. I am not going to um, take up too much time at the beginning here. I want to jump right in, but I do have to say that On my mom's birthday last month, I shared a post to the Endurance Horse Podcast Facebook group. If you'd like to see pictures of some of the people on the podcast or connect with them, go over to Facebook and look up the Endurance Horse Podcast group. There's a landing page and then there's also a group. So ask to join the group. So I shared, um, saw a post that, that looked pretty interesting and I, and I shared it and it happened to be from potato one of the riders who's been on the podcast contacted him about riding one of his horses in the tevis this year and you know what she got it she's out there she's conditioning she's training i can't wait to hear updates from her i'm not going to say who it is i'm just gonna if you're on the facebook group you already know who it is probably but i'll just let you listen and and find out who uh grabbed the ride on that horse and um She's going to do some recordings for us out there and send them in. And I'm so happy for her. And we get to live vicariously <laughs> through the pictures that she's sending us. Um, and um, another person that's been on the podcast, you know, she is flying over there and she's going to crew for her. And I, this is just awesome. So if any of you other riders are going to be out there, look each other up. The Facebook group is a good way to connect five or more of you that are going to be out there and you've heard each other on the podcast how neat would that be to sit around a fire and share a cool drink and and meet each other in person and you know take a selfie send it to us so without further ado here is episode five of the endurance horse podcast Hi guys, my name is Jane Moss and I live in the United States, in the Southeast region actually. I'm based in Atlanta and live in town with my family, but my horses are happily grazing in full pasture in Chattahoochee Hills, which is about 40 minutes outside of town. But the drive is worth it as it's a big horse riding area with great trails for training for endurance. It's Monday morning, and typically I had a very busy weekend. We went to Mississippi to do a 25 mile ride on my new young horse, 
And then on Sunday, I was a jump judge for a cross-country FEI horse show in Chattahoochee Hills eventing. A fun, tiring weekend with the ponies is always good, though. So a little bit about me. As you can tell from my accent, I'm not actually American. I grew up in Ireland, in Cork, doing pony club, gymkhanas, the Nanto eventing and fox hunting. And I only got into endurance about six years ago. I was introduced to the sport by a colleague at a hippotherapy facility. She would always limp in after her amazing weekend away with stories of adventure, mishap and general hilarity. And I have to admit, I was more than a little drawn in and envious. I had three small children and a job working as a university lecturer. It sounded like my kind of fun and the Walter Mitty aspect of it all was very appealing. So I decided I would crew for my friend at a relatively, relatively close by race and see if I liked it. Well, need I say any more? Within six months, I had bought two five-year-old Arabians and was training two more Arabians whenever possible. And I did my first ride, which was a 50 mile race, about six months after I got the bug. I did my first race on a friend's horse as Lily, a Quarab, was a seasoned 50 miler and my young geldings were just starting off. And there's the fact that I hadn't a clue what I was doing. It took us two years to learn the basic ropes on 25 mile rides and then we graduated to 50 mile races. I have since dragged my daughter and several juniors into the sport as well. One of my horses is a very talented athlete and he became my 100 mile horse a couple of years ago. The day of his first 100 mile race in May 16, I was approached by a fellow Irish rider at the Biltmore to know if I was interested in representing Ireland at the 2018 World Equestrian Games. I just laughed and asked her, asked her what she was smoking. Two months later, I had a serious accident at another endurance ride and was life flighted to a Charleston hospital in North Carolina with a brain injury, a punctured lung and several broken ribs. So that was the end of that. While recuperating from my accident, I spent several months at an outpatient clinic and was incredibly blessed that Atlanta has one of the top spinal and brain injury centers in the world the Shepherd Center. One of my endurance students' parents is a quadriplegic from a horse riding accident and has been an outpatient there for many, many years. And it was through the grace of God that she got me into Shepherd almost immediately, despite the six week waiting list, because she was a personal friend of Miss Shepherd. Horse people are good people. At that point, I had quit my job teaching at the university and was beginning to get a little bit more serious about my endurance riding and training juniors in the sport. In the back of my mind, I remembered that Claudia had asked me about representing Ireland and I decided to at least get my horses their Irish passports, somewhere to start, right? FEI is very bureaucratic and there are an awful lot of forms to fill out. So it was a good exercise in executive function for my injured little frontal lobe. If nothing else, my plan was to try to qualify for WEG during 2017. Long story short, one horse didn't get through his two star after two attempts, 
but the streak of fire, my 100 miler, did really well and by the end of 2017 we had him qualified for WEG. Basically 2018 has been all about wrapping him in cotton wool and at the same time keeping him fit and his head in the game. So we've done some regional rides in the lead up to the test event at Tryon in April. The Irish team rode together for the first loop and it was a little faster than I normally ride and we paid the price. Streak of Fire vetted through the first vet check but then immediately when we got to the tents he peed black and we retired and brought him into treatment to get fluids as he was tying up. After many blood tests and lots of fluids, Streak of Fire is back on track. We learned a lot at the test event, how to manage stress. We learned what not to do and how to avoid as much stress as possible and how to be a little bit more organized. I'm in the process of making some subtle changes to his diet also, so we'll see where we go. We're back on track with training now, so wish us luck for the big dance in September. I'll keep you guys posted. Hello everybody. My name is Beth Frieders and I am from Platteville, Wisconsin. I'm going to give you a little um, introduction to myself and my horses and how I got interested in this sport. I currently have three horses. They are, um, all three are bay mares. So I kind of joke that I only do bay mares, which is not true, but this is what I have. Um, my oldest mare is 31. She's a, a full Arab and she's retired, you know, just living out her life. And I have had her for 30 years. So she's, she's with me for the long haul. She's my baby. And my second horse is actually her daughter because my first horse, Mickey, my 31 year old, when she was younger, she was a little bit horny and she jumped some fences and found herself in with the stallion on, on purpose. And the result is my second horse, whose name is Fanny. So Fanny is a half quarter horse, half Arab, and she's basically built like a rhinoceros. So you can just imagine that, not really your endurance horse uh, shape, but you make do with what you have. I'll talk a little bit more about her in endurance in a, in a little bit. And my third horse is uh, Bunny. She's nine years old. She's three-quarter Arab and one-quarter Hackney horse. And um, she was actually a gift from my sister who tried um, dressage with, with Bunny and um, kind of failed epically. So we thought maybe endurance was a better sport for, for this uh, very energetic, crazy horse. I started um, with horses when I was a, a little kid. I was a year old when my parents got ponies and um, taught myself how to ride basically at the age of four by getting up at the crack of dawn and going outside and pushing a horse over to the fence and crawling up and jumping on and riding bareback. And eventually a neighbor squealed on me and I got in trouble. Um, so then I was actually given riding lessons and learned how to ride properly. But um, I've been in, in involved with horses ever since I was uh, basically four, so for quite some time now. And um, I got involved in endurance in 2013, sort of a little bit by chance. I was boarding my horses at the time um, 
at a facility where an endurance ride was being held in Spring Green. It's called the Endless Valley Endurance Ride. Big plug for that one. And since I'm boarding there and I saw a flyer and I thought, well, why not? I just have to show up and get on my horse, right? How hard can this be? I, I ride the trails all the time. What's if I, if I do a fun ride of 15 miles, how hard can 25 be? So I just showed up and got on my horse and rode 25 miles and somehow we made it through. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but somehow we made it. And because I finished 25 miles, I thought, well, heck, how hard can 50 be? So the next month I uh, entered into a 50-mile ride, and somehow we miraculously finished that. So that was my first season. And I stayed with it because I, I really fell in love with it. It, it gave me a goal. Um, you know, I, I love trail riding. My horse, Fanny, that I was riding at the time, she loves to trail ride. But this was a, a goal of, you know, trying to complete rides on time and maybe get our time better or get our vet scores better. Um, and I've stayed with it ever since. And so Fanny, she's my, my core ab that's built like a rhino. She loves the sport, but she is not really good at it, as you can imagine. Um, her heart rate comes down fast, but she tends to overheat a lot. And she is what they call the, you know, an air fern. She looks at food and gains weight. So it's really hard to keep her in shape. But as I say, round is a shape. And she is proof that chunky girls can do this sport. But when um, two years ago, my sister um, gave me the opportunity to kind of borrow her Arab and Hackney cross. And I thought, why not? Let me give it a try. This horse is highly competitive, a super athlete, very competitive we can fly through the trails. You know, she pulses down. She doesn't overheat. She, she's just, you know, my dream horse. And uh, my goal, I, I did finish a, a 75 mile with her last year. My goal for this season was to move into hundreds with her. But unfortunately, Bunny has been lame since November off and on. And then she got into a bar fight with a, a biker chick that kicked back and um, got injured. So she's basically off for the season healing, and we're going to attempt to see if we can diagnose the, the cause of the lameness. So my goals for this year have changed markedly. So my goals are, are just to, to ride Fanny, my core ab, on LDs. I would like to get back into some 50s with her. I've done three different three years of 50s with her, and um, so I'm going to pick back up with 50s and try to do a 10-year a um, goal with, with her of finishing 50s. And so that's that's about it for, for my horses and me. My goals this season, like I said, just I my goal is to finish every ride I start. And um, in, the, in the last five-plus years of doing this, I have started, I think, 48 rides. Um, AERC website's down right now, so I think it's 48 rides. I've finished all 48 of them which is nothing compared to the old timers, but I think still that's my, my goal is always just to, to finish every ride I start. Um, and my, my conditioning, I, I'm a terrible conditioner. I don't do much. Um, my job prevents me from doing much in the spring. And so I just start up the season with a slow LD and finish it and consider that a conditioning ride and go from there. Uh, so this year, Fanny and I have actually f um, done four LDs and finished all four. So that's, that's how things are going for me. Uh, my goals, I, I don't have any, any real specific goals other than, like I, I said, just to try to, to get one more 50 mile on her this year, which will have to be later in the season after we've had some more conditioning. But I hope you've enjoyed listening to my, uh, my brief story and um, have a great day.
Hi, Jenny Chandler here again from New Zealand. As some of you may have seen on the Facebook page, I'm super excited right now because I'm coming over to see some of you guys at the Tevis. Um, I applied to Potato Richardson when he advertised his horse available for the ride. I private messaged him, he got back to me, and on Monday I decided, what the heck, let's spend a whole lot of money and go ride the Tevis. So I'm really excited about that. Just going to be amazing. I'm leaving in only, what, three or four days' time? Wow. So rather than what I planned today to tell you about, which would have been one of my horses, Tigger, his season just been, I'm going to tell you the story about my other endurance ride that I have done in America which was the Fort Howes ride in Montana just a year ago. And that's um, also pretty apt because it's pretty much exactly a year ago I saw the Fort Howes ride was just last weekend. So it brings back all those memories. Um, I had organised through Facebook that I was supposed to be riding a horse in the 120Ks FEI ride, but at the last minute that fell through and there I was basically sitting at the airport in Denver waiting for the plane and I get a phone call and it's like have you heard we don't think we've heard that the horse might not be coming and it's like well I'm still going to get on the plane and come to the ride and sure enough when I got there the horse wasn't wasn't going to be coming there'd been a problem and I was extremely lucky that Cheryl Van Dusen had a spare horse that I could ride and not only that, but Jan Stevens was able to put me up in the old house um, in a little attic room and I could um, sleep with all the officials and the vets in that house, which was just amazing because I had been going to sleep in the, in the vehicle with the people who had owned the horse. Um, so everything was turning out okay. Met Cheryl... We'd actually um, driven some New Zealand friends who were also coming. We'd met up and we'd all um, driven to the ride together in a rental property and we'd met up with Cheryl's um, crew member, Mary. And so we already knew Mary and we got on famously together. It was great. And now I was going to be um, riding with her. So it was, it was all looking good. We went for a, a practice ride the day before and I was supposed to be riding Regal. I was supposed to be riding in the 120 still, but more slowly because Regal wasn't all that fit. And as I was riding Regal, I was thinking, I don't think this horse feels quite right. And the others would watch trotting and they'd say, no, it looks okay. And I'm going, yeah, I'm not sure he feels right, but you don't know the horse, so you're not sure. And so once we'd finished our ride, we hopped off and did a trot up and sure enough, he's lame. And I thought, oh, no. I don't have a horse to ride. But Mary was so kind in that she gave up her ride on a horse that Cheryl had just got, um, Rusty, um, a little quarter horse Arab cross. And so I had a ride again that was just so kind of Mary to give up her ride on Rusty and let me ride him in the 80-kilometre one-star. So we pre-vetted Rusty and he didn't do a very enthusiastic trot up, but we got through okay. 
and we did another trot up when we got back to to the um the camp and oh he's looking a bit dodgy and it's like oh no could you believe it so we got one of the vets Tom to have a look at him and he gave us some advice on what to do um Mary massaged him lots we because he was new to the to the group we gave him his own pen so he could rest and lots of electrolytes and he rested well and yeah in the morning the morning of the ride he was he was looking a lot better so he, he wasn't wasn't looking sore anymore so that was a great and it's we were all clear to stay to start the ride and because of because of the fact that he wasn't very fit and because he'd had this little bit of a concern going I did the first loop really slowly and so we were riding I ended up riding the whole thing on my own I'd wanted to take photos as I was going around you can imagine I'm riding in a new country it's really awesome scenery and I'd so I had my cell phone tucked down my chap down the side of my chap well I went to get it out to take photos and Rusty wasn't having a bar of it so every time I tried to get the phone out he'd shoot forward so I couldn't take any photos I was a bit gutted about that he was also a little bit funny about when you went to get back on if you didn't have a mounting block and we had these electrolyte tubes in a um, satchel around my around my waist that I was to stop and give him part way around the ride so I hopped off at a trough and he was he was a great drinker he was having a good drink gave him his his electrolyte pastes I went to get back on and he shot off when I was halfway on I nearly fell off but I stayed on so that's okay continued the rest of the loop so I think I think the first loop took us about five hours but I wasn't too worried because you know you guys have the the twelve hours for the for the fifty mile, so and that's longer than we normally have here in New Zealand. So I wasn't too worried about that. That was okay. I don't know. Some of you will have done the Fort House ride, and we had we sort of come close, and then you've got that last two miles round the big round the big field, and the grass is really long, and there's a there's a stream on your right as you go round round in a loop back to base. And Mary had suggested because he was not terribly good at doing his trot up for me that I should possibly hop off and do a practice there just before getting back so that you know I could give him a bit of a curry up um, if he didn't want to trot out for me and I was of two minds of that do I do the trot up and then possibly have trouble getting back on or do I risk not doing the practice and having trouble in the vet ring because you know we hadn't had much practice at this trotting up business Rusty and I and we didn't really have much of a relationship with the with the trot up. Well, the decision was taken away from me because the tube that I'd given him the electrolytes with fell out of the pouch, and so I had to hop off and get it. So that was okay. I did that, did a practice trot up. He was great. Went to get back on, half on, and he shot sideways, and I lost him, and he ran away. Oh, how embarrassing. There we are, two miles from base, probably less than two miles from base now, and my horse is trotting across through the long grass without me back to base. Oh, oh no, that's so embarrassing. But luckily for me, um, while Rusty thought he was going home, what he was doing was actually heading straight into a sort of horseshoe bend of the stream. So he couldn't actually get back to base that way. I took one look at the long grass and remembered what Jan Stevens had told us about going up to look at the little at the fort on top of the hill she said you can go up there but be very careful there are a lot of rattlesnakes around this year gulp 
here I was about to run through the long grass after my horse and there might be snakes. Now, I don't know if you people know, but in New Zealand, we don't have snakes. We don't actually have any dangerous animals at all. No lions, no tigers, no no predators at all. Um, We've got a a poisonous spider, but you don't ever see that. Um, So the thought of, of snakes in the grass was a little bit terrifying, but my horse was running away from me. What could I do? Jan had also told us that rattlesnakes are very shy, and if you make noise, they'll you'll generally never see them. So I kind of yelled at the snakes as I ran across, and I was kind of yelling at, well, not really yelling at Rusty, but as he, as he looked like he might actually go into the stream and try and cross it, I did yell, don't you dare at him. And then he tried to run past me, which he failed to do, and I managed to grab him. I still had the problem of how do I get onto this horse without losing him again. So I led him back to the track and then led him along the track for a while until I found a bank that I could climb on because if you had a mounting block, he was okay. You could get on. So that was great. Rode back into base. Nobody was any the wiser that I'd nearly lost my horse and totally embarrassed myself. Um, He vetted through fine. Not the best trot up in the world, but he was sound. That was good. Did the hold out on the next loop. The advice of of Mary, who was crewing for me, was that I did need to speed up a little bit. Um, By this stage, we were so far last, there was no way we were going to find anyone else to ride with. So we trucked around on our own again, and this time I made sure that the trough I stopped at to give him his electrolyte mix had uh, some rails next to it so that I'd be able to use those as a mounting block. At least that was the theory. Rusty, of course, had other ideas. I couldn't get him close enough to the rails to get on. And so then I tried bullying him into standing still and pulling his mouth, his, his head round so that he wouldn't be able to run off, but he really didn't like that. And I'd try on the fence again. So I probably wasted another 10 to 15 minutes persuading him to get on I did eventually manage to get him to stand close enough to the rail so that I could climb on without him without losing him again Um, so that was a great relief and we finished that loop and then we in our trot up oh no we had to get a second trot up but that was okay we got through Um, the second trot up was better and before we know it we're heading off on our last loop but by this stage thankfully he didn't mind me getting back on from the trough Um, had no trouble climbing on the trough, climbing straight on the horse. So that was a great relief. There was one very funny moment. If you remember, I couldn't get my phone out of my chaps, so I had no photos. But I also, of course, had the sponge on the the string, and and it was a hot day, and I thought I really should be trying to cool him off. And I hadn't been doing it so far because he was being a bit funny with the mounting and, and everything. And I thought, well, I'll try it. So we stopped at a trough, and... He was a great drinker, and so, of course, also he had to pee a lot. So he he peed in every hold and also once or twice on every loop. And so he stopped at the trough, and he needed to have a pee. So there he is, standing at the trough, having a pee, and I very carefully unhooked the, the string, and I dip it in the trough, and I squeeze it over his neck, no trouble, until he finished drinking. And I was just doing it once more, and he got a hell of a fright and nearly leapt out of his skin. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding. It's okay while you're having a pee because you can't actually multitask enough to think about two things at once. And um, Yeah, that was just so funny. Um, 
and we completed the last loop and he was just still trucking along at his steady trot and then as we're completing it's like there's a massive thunderstorm and there's lightning and there are I'm trying to we're trying to crew the horse and get his heart rate down and the gazebos are flying because it's windy and and people are scurrying everywhere <laughs> it was it was less than ideal but um as soon as it started the wind dropped and we were able to to put him through the vet ring and he passed his first trot up and we'd managed to get round against all odds um we'd completed the ride and Mary was absolutely thrilled I was thrilled it was awesome and we won a turtle prize so that was really great um just thank you so much to everyone who helped me at that ride it was really awesome and I'm looking really really looking forward to coming over and riding in the states again and doing the iconic Tevis ride um see you all soon bye Hi again everyone, this is Victoria from Marvel Endurance in Queensland, Australia. So this weekend of the 16th of June, three Marvels made the trip about three and a half hours south from home to attend the annual Nanango Heritage Endurance Ride. We've been attending this ride every year for the last four years and it's one of our favourites. Um, it, it's immaculately organised from start to finish and this year we got to try out the Track Me Live GPS system which is... I personally hope will become a more common thing at, at rides here in southeast Queensland. It, it was really, really handy to have. So this weekend we had a couple of goals in view. Um, Jasmine has had a bit of a struggle in the past with her efforts to get through her last 80-kilometre ride as a novice. So far she's only finished two. And this year I've made it a bit of a personal goal to help her get through her last one. So to that end, I gave her the ride on my Demon Pocket Rocket Coda. And for weeks leading up to the ride, I stressed and I worried about whether Coda would take care of Jasmine because she knows her job, but she's not an easy horse to ride. Um, she'll take care of herself first, and if that means dumping her rider head first and running for the hills, she will do just that. Um, I, I just kept telling myself that it isn't Coda's first time carrying a junior rider and um, she did all of her novice 80s with a 12-year-old um, and, and Jazz is a really capable and clever rider so I just had to shut down all of these doubts and hope for the best and we lay, laid out very careful plans to keep Jazz safe on the ride and um, some of that included like keeping Coda behind the horse in front of her because she doesn't spook if she's behind and we put a snaffle on her instead of just using her bitless bridle just so Jazz had a little extra control uh, and thankfully my place my faith in her wasn't misplaced because the little devil took very good care of Jasmine through this ride. The second of our goals for the weekend included our new horse. Um, his name is Jarzy and he belongs to a good friend of mine. And um, he's been a paddock bum for the better part of eight years. And for the last three months, we've been preparing him for rides. And uh, he did his first 40-kilometre ride about a month ago with Adriana. And this time at Nanango, we were sending him into his very first 80-kilometre. So we were aiming for him to have a really slow and steady but hopefully successful ride. We've been planning this ride for weeks. I was all ready to tow the horses down to the ride and plan to leave home 
at about four o'clock in the morning to arrive at the ride base with time for the horses to rest. Uh, Jasmine was getting a lift from boarding school since the since she comes from south rather than north. Um, she'd planned in advance to get there. Uh, I wasn't intending to ride because I was going to strap for the girls and I had my two dogs, and including a 12-week-old puppy. So I thought I would stay back at camp with them. But the day before the ride, my friend Sue called me and offered me a ride on her big grey mare, Shadow. And I've wanted to ride this horse since I strapped her at a 100-mile event about two years ago. So I accepted the offer, but this time I was only going to do the 40k so that I could be back camp for the girls when they finished their ride. We arrived on time and got camp set up and Jazz was having a quick ride on Coda. She hadn't actually been on Coda since she was first broken in, which was a good five years ago. And Jazz was a lot smaller then and Coda was nowhere near as strong as she is now. Uh, I, I was feeling really sorry for poor Jazzy at this point because he had no idea that he was going to be hit with twice the distance that he did at his last ride. Um, while Coda had learned a long time ago that we could be going out for 10 minutes or we could be going out for 10 hours. The 80 kilometre ride was due to start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and Shadow and I would start in the 40 kilometre at 2.30. So we hatched a little plan for the girls to head out the gates at about 10 minutes past 2 so they would ride slowly until I caught up with them on shadow. Um, so I got on her really early and warmed her up well. And we ended up catching up with them about eight kilometres into the ride. So we did most of the first leg together. And um, we got to strap and vet in. And then I put shadow away and I went to take care of the girls and help them get ready for the second half of the ride. The GPS tracking system was really helpful. They had a little emergency button on the beacons that the riders carried so I could see them on my iPad where the girls were on track and whether they were calling for help and thankfully neither of them had to press their buttons. Jazz was really, really tired and a bit sick toward the end of the ride and I could see on the map where they were and since it was past 11 o'clock and really, really cold... I knew we wouldn't be using water to strap, so I decided to grab a little bucket and a couple of sponges and the heart rate monitor and threw the horse's rugs and the dogs in the car and I drove across the ride base to the final gate and since it was only about 50 metres to the vet ring from there, I figured we could just strap the car and walk straight into vetting. They were the last across the line um, with a ride time of 8 hours and 46 minutes. So they pulled off their saddles and weighed in and I threw rugs on the horses. Coda was ready to vet in about two minutes. So Jazz went into the ring straight away. Um, Jazzy took about five minutes, but then he went in two and I waited with the girls in the ring because they were both really tired. Then I trotted the horses out for them so they didn't have to run. I'm happy to report that all of the horses made it through and we met all of our goals for the weekend. So I got to ride Shadow finally. And Jazz is now an open rider after three years. Coda hit 300 kilometres carrying a junior rider. Jazzy made it through his very first 80 kilometre ride. And Adriana hit 1,000 competitive kilometres. So it was a really fantastic weekend. And as usual, before it was even over, we were planning for the next one. So in a bit over a month, we'll be heading to our next ride, which will be at Kilkeven. And we have a few more goals for that one too. Hello, this is Melissa Coolidge. This will be my second submission to the Endurance Horse Podcast. Uh, today I was going to talk to you about the Biltmore trip that we talked about last time. 
the endurance LD we did the following weekend as well as our farm and our six horses. So to start out, uh, we live on a small 15 acre farm. We have six horses. Uh, we have a Frisian cross, a BLM Mustang, and four Arabians. Um, of the Arabians, we have a 17-year-old Egyptian Arabian who's kind of our matriarch and senior competitor horse. We have two younger horses, one um, which I took to Biltmore a, a month ago, and her name is JG Shortstuff. We also have a horse called VA Chasman, who is related to a lot of really successful endurance horses in the longer distances. And we also have um, Nova, a horse we bred last year. Um, so he's a yearling this year. Um, he's out of our, out of Chasmin, and he's by a Roxy Wellings, very nice stallion, Bolero. So that's kind of our farm. Um, we're very blessed to have properties on the outside of our farm that we can do plenty of conditioning on. So I can condition most days without even getting in the trailer. So very fortunate to live with um, near, nearby some very nice neighbors that let us ride. Um, so as far as Biltmore went, I, I talked about my brace and, and my ankle and my fears about how my ankle was going to do on the race. Um, and I'm happy to say that my ankle went fine. Um, the brace worked great. I didn't have any significant issues with it. Um, so that was, that was wonderful. I'm, I'm really glad we have a solution for that. I do think having a treeless saddle helped because I think being closer to the horse is, is definitely helpful with, with an injury like this because then you can ride with your whole leg as opposed to relying so much on your foot and ankle. So that was a, that was a major positive. Unfortunately, I think, um, this, we had our very first pull with Short Stuff and I. Um, she was pulled at 80 miles. We believe it was maybe related to the grass that was there. Um, we had come in from out of state and had not seen, our horses had not seen grass until, until we got there. So we're not totally sure, but she had a muscle cramp at the end of 80 miles. And so we, so we were pulled. So I was pretty sad about that, but very happy that, um, my ankle did survive the ride. So one thing I would say is that the Southeast has a blood analyzer. So we were able to check her blood and understand what went wrong and hopefully how to prevent it in the future. So I, I, I think that's a really great tool that they Southeast has at their larger rides. So I encourage everyone to use it if you get pulled for any kind of cramping. Following again, we went to Glacier Trails, which is, um, a local ride in Palmyra, Wisconsin. It's about an hour and 40 minutes from our house. Uh, we were there just to do the LD. Our horses weren't terribly conditioned, so we planned on doing a slow LD and just having a good time. And I ended up chatting with my friend, um, and we took way too long on our first loop. And then um, the second loop, I said, you know what? Um, I'm gonna take my Arabian, we're gonna finish this puppy. Um, in time and but we're gonna have to do a pretty fast loop my friend was on my Mustang who hadn't been ridden in a while but um, you know I, I took off and I was planning to leave her behind and, and uh, Mustang kept up you know the whole time and I was just shocked to find that he was able to pulse down as fast as my Arab horse so I guess I have now discovered that I have another endurance horse that I didn't know about um, and I'm very happy to say that I think zero is gonna be a great um, endurance horse now for uh, friends and family to be able to ride and come to events. 
So um, he did great with my friend, and hopefully she will ride him again in the future and keep him um, in shape and going. So that's kind of um, the past month of you know endurance rides. I actually have another endurance ride this weekend. Um, we have quite a few endurance rides throughout the year at Palmyra, which is our um, you know, it's probably our best trail in terms of the setup, the campsite, the, um, you know, how many trail markings somebody has to put on. Um, and, uh, that, um, that ride is going to be Aptra and that is going to be this weekend. I have, um, I will be doing the 50 on my 17 year old mare this week. So, um, that's kind of what's going on. I hope you have a great week and talk to you soon. everyone, it's Beck Radney here from Australia. Australia is seeing a resurgence in CEI competition. Western Australia recently hosted its first CEI competition in five years. This took place on the 5th of May 2018 and encouraged riders new to FEI to participate. The ride was named the Acheron Challenge in memory of West Coast Acheron, the outstanding stallion from West Coast Arabian Stud. Acheron represented Australia twice, once in 2010 at the World Equestrian Games held in Kentucky and again in 2012 at the World Endurance Championships held in Euston Park. Acheron sadly passed away from stomach cancer in 2016. However, his legacy lives on in his excellent progeny. One such foal is West Coast Kia, whom I had the privilege of riding in the One Star. Kia is Acheron's daughter and is owned by West Coast Arabians. Kia and I competed alongside eight other CEI competitors, ranging from first-time FEI riders to international athletes. The ride took place in Collie, the venue for the 2020 Tom Quilty. The ride comprised of windy, sandy, foresty tracks and gravel sections, making for a technical ride. Kia and I placed second after a tight gallop finish where my mum just pipped me to the post. My dad, whom is Acheron's true rider, placed third a few seconds behind us. Western Australia looks forward to hosting a two-star in the near future. Hey everybody, this is Keisha Wood. I'm at the Kaha Ride and I'm with my friend Sharon um, Andrews and she just finished her first LD on her mare. And so I want her to tell us all about her mare and her endurance experience in this first ride. Okay, so first, this is not my first LD, but it's my mare's first LD. Mm. And I bought her when she was four and a half. She turned uh, six on Cinco de Mayo. We had a big celebration. And today was her first indoor, her first limited distance ride here at the Kaha. I spent a year and a half conditioning her. I started out uh, doing a lot of uh, arena work, making sure she could pick up leads and would go circles and go around barrels and obstacles in the arena. And then I slowly moved out to the trails. I live um, close to the Bosque, which is a wooded area in Albuquerque, right along the Rio Grande, and all the people ride their horses down there. So I would ride down there, and one of the things I did for conditioning was um, to get down to the Bosque, there's these big arroyos, which are, for those of you that are not from New Mexico or Arizona, they're big sand ditches where all the water runs off. So I spent six months walking her up and down arroyos to build up her legs, 
We didn't trot or do anything. All we did was walk. And then um, I rode on the trail in the Bosque and she got used to people and bicycles and all the trail stuff. And then I started conditioning her with all my wonderful endurance friends who have helped me and mentored me along the way. Um, Marianne uh, Maynard is one of them. Chris Hoden is another um, uh, mentor that helped me out a lot. And Cressy Drummond has provided me with a lot of advice as well. But um, anyway, we, uh, we've just spent the last year and a half on the trail, going under bridges, crossing highways. Um, we ride with a bunch of dirt bikes in our area. The um, ATVers are all by my house and they're zooming by on the Arroyo and we just are out there riding with them. And the one thing I have to say is my mare's from Welcome, can I do this? Yeah. My mare's from Welcome Arabians. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to let you guys know that um, in my personal experience, I've never had a better minded horse. This mare has very little spook in her. She's curious, she's brave, and I love her today. I'm just so excited. Uh, Keisha can tell you I came up crying after I passed the vet check. I'm so proud of my girl. And anyway, so um, she has um, just been brought along really slow. I didn't overdo it with her. I didn't even go into the mountains for, I started mountain riding her at about when she turned five. And then I started going up in the mountains and uh, doing a lot of climbing. So we did a lot of flat training. We did a lot of mountain training. And we did a lot of sand work in the arroyos by my house. So she's fully prepared. She looks amazing. She's awesome, isn't she? I'm yeah. so proud of her. So what did you think of this ride for a first LD for anybody? This is well, a, for their horse. Not your first LD, yeah, but for their horse. For a what horse. Do you, yeah, what do you I, think? I really think this is a good first LD ride. Now, I will say it is rocky. You do need hoof protection. Mm -hmm. And even some people with shoes, I think we're going to put pads on or we're, mm -hmm. or we're using hoof armor and products like that. Mm -hmm. I put pads on. Yeah. See, there's a lot of rocks, lava rocks out here. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing, but you have plenty of um, places where you can trot and canter. You have climbs. There is some, There are some rocky spots, but that's okay. You just slow down for them, and that mm -hmm. gives your horse a break. And, um, and we had perfect weather this year. We did. It's overcast. It's mm -hmm. probably in the 80s, but overcast, so it feels like it's in the 70s mm -hmm. to me, don't you think? Yeah, and it was really big. I think they said, what, 22 people in the limited distance? Yeah, this and, was big for and them. Over for 20 in um, the 50, and yeah. they had quite a few fundraisers. What about the vet check? Is this her first time going through a vet this check? This was her first time going through vet checks and her first time trotting out for people. So she was a little skittish at first, but once I told, you know, like they just, a couple of them just walked up with stethoscopes and tried to do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. My mare needs to check out your equipment first. <laughs> yeah. So once she, she sniffed it and licked it, then yeah. they were good to go. And she did really good. The vets were really helpful. I got some advice. Um, I did have a little bit of a saddle soreness, and I don't know if it's a saddle or me, so we're going to work on that. But mm -hmm. I got really good feedback to work on. And she, um, the first vet check, I was a little concerned about her gut sounds, but this last vet check, her gut sounds were a B, so she was back up That's good. from that C that she got. That's so, good. And it's her first ride, so right. I am assuming that it's probably more of her nervousness and adrenaline than anything. The second loop, she actually ate more out on the trail, which you, was good. So what's your plan for your next ride with her? My next ride with her will either be La Vida in Colorado, 
or it will be um, Fort Stanton. I think is the next one coming Fort up. Fort Stanton, woohoo! That's Fort where Stanton, I'm going to be with we'll Merlin. Yeah. yeah, all the New Mexico people come to Fort Stanton. <laughs> exactly, love it. exactly. It's beautiful. Uh huh. It's hot, but it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> we it's love totally it there. worth it. Mm -hmm. Are we doing? Are we good? Yes. Okay, everybody, so again, that's Sharon Andrews. I'm gonna post a picture on the Facebook for you guys so you can see who she is, and hopefully we'll get her to do some more podcasts and keep us posted with um, what's going on with her and her mirror. Love Dancer, but I call her Janeway. Okay, so her name is Love Dancer, and she goes by Janeway, and she's a super sweetie, gray mare. You can't miss her. She looks solid. She's beautiful, and so is Sharon. So you'll oh, see them on you. trail, and you'll know who they are. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Keisha Wood. I'm calling to give you an update on the Caja ride in Santa Fe this weekend and how Merlin and I did. I would have to say this is one of my most favorite, favorite endurance rides I have ever been to. And I've been to the Santa Fe ride before, but this time it was awesome, awesome. Um, well, what was different this time was um, we had to park our horses or put our horses in the stalls instead of having them next to our horse trailer and I wasn't a big fan of that whenever I was on my way down there I was one of my most favorite things about endurance rides are you get to hear your horses out there crunching on their hay and you get to look out your horse trailer window and see them laying down and you get to go out there in the middle of the night you know and just to give them uh, a little hug or a little pet make sure everything's good and we didn't get the chance to do that, but what it did do is because everybody had all of their horses together in the same area with um, stalls all together, it made people socialize. And I have heard, you know, being a new endurance rider, you hear all these great stories from a long time ago, all these endurance rides and how people hung out and they had fun together. Well, I have just a few people that I know, and usually everybody goes back to their trailer, and it seems like, you know, you just hide out, you go back, you take care of your animal, then you go back and you hide out, and I didn't see that, but at the Santa Fe ride, it was completely different. It was one of the funnest, because even though um, we all had different goals, we all took our chairs, our folding chairs, we all sat together with our horses, and people mingled, and people caught up together, and it was like a big giant family reunion. I've met people, got to talk to people that I've only seen, and um, I've never got to actually talk to before, but followed them on Facebook, like Christoph Shork. I think he's the coolest guy ever. I always watch him coming in first, and with all his um, amazing horses, when he shows up with his really cool trailer, you know, he's like a celebrity to us new folks folks, you know, and, um, but this time I got to visit with him and see his cute little dogs and it was just way cool. And then our first ride day was really neat. It was a, um, marathon run on the same trail as the horses. And so it was cool. The horses thought the riders were like part of, they were competition and we had pretty much the same water stops, but we would have to say on your left, on your right, pass them. And, um, funny thing is, is I think they started about half an hour before us. Um, and I did the LD, but it was a person who actually beat all the horses. So that was kind of cool, but it was fun, fun, fun. And then, um, Merlin, the update on Merlin, the first day, oh my goodness, he um, 
was uh, a fire breathing dragon to say the least. Um, um, I started off and I thought he was going to be really good. And right at the beginning, we're trying to do this controlled start. And right when they say you can go off and trot, I think that I may have made a mistake by making him go first at, uh, or try to push him, you know, for first place at the Benz ride because he thought he had to be in the very front again. And so there's this really steep hill when everybody was walking down it really politely and he jumped off it like um, a Pegasus with wings. And I stayed in the saddle with, uh, by the grace of God. And then um, he did a nice little bucking Bronco move. And um, I'm definitely not a cowgirl. So that I stayed in the saddle again by the grace of God. And it was like seven miles and he was just breathing like a crazy man before he came back down to planet earth and um but it was a blast and we uh came in ninth out of 22 super happy about that and um who doesn't want to do top 10 when there's a bunch of people out there in the ride so that was fun and um i was so proud of him we vetted through really uh well i think uh, the majority of people had um, lower gut sounds at this ride which was quite interesting because it was so hot um, but it was, we had cloud coverage which is very deceiving so the horses were slightly more dehydrated than what you would have thought because it seemed like cool weather so um that was a good lesson learned and I had not planned on going the next day because my um, fellow wind rider, Michelle, her horse, the last two miles of um, our LD, she stumbled and she kicked herself and she got pulled at the end. She's not hurt. It was just uh, just a good enough kick that it um, kind of made her a little bit lame. She didn't get out of it. She was fine the next day, but still just a little bit stiff and she wasn't going to do the LD. So... I figured the right thing to do would be to pack up and go home, but Michelle did not allow me to do that. She stayed and she crewed like an awesome friend and um, it was good. I mean, we took off the next day. He was so behaved. He was so good. Um, it was a very challenging day for most everyone. Uh, I guess some the 50s, the BLM people went out there and took down all the flags. Several people got lost, but thank God they all made it in. But I think the ride manager, we probably drove her insane with all the phone calls because of the missing flags and the issues on trail because of people taking down flags and the signs weren't clear. Um, I don't know what happened. Um, the first day, everything was like perfect, perfectly marked. Second day, not so much. We ended up doing, Merlin and I um, ended up partnering with this really awesome lady named Joyce Adams and her horse girlfriend. And we got some kind of lost. And we ended up doing 37 miles that day. Um, we made it. and um, But it was very, very tough. I was freaking out because I didn't feel like he was getting enough water. And um, I was ready to give up. We couldn't find our way back to where we needed to be. And then... Um, Joyce's horse uh, girlfriend, she turned around and bit her on her foot. She kept trying to tell her we were going a different way. She said, I want to turn around. I want to turn around. And we were debating on listening to her or, you know, what to do. And um, she bit her on her foot and she said, let's listen to her. We did. She took us right back to the trail and it was spot on. She got us where we needed to go. And, um, that was a good learning experience for me because I know that mares are smart. And I think that 
I have learned too that gildings will do anything you ask them. And so um, I kind of felt guilty about that because I was like, if I would have been out there by myself, I could have been lost for a long time. And I know Merlin would have done anything I asked him to do that day. So I think that was a humbling experience that I need to really, really watch um, him and take care of him because he'll do whatever I want him to do when a mare is so good about taking care of herself and the herd and just like uh, her horse girlfriend did, which um, was super awesome. And the other things I have to say about this ride were that the awards were fantastic. They had um, a lot of donations, even used stuff. But I mean, it was great. We got gift certificates. We got um, sunscreen, chapstick, little uh, little uh, pouches. And um, there was a whole table with donations and cool stuff that was halters and easy boots still in the boxes and just all kinds of cool stuff. And I will definitely, definitely be back next year. And then as an update for Cressy, which that was a big ride for her. So she had to make it, she wanted Saga to make it through the first two fifties or these last two fifties, excuse me. And then she's going to Tevis. And the second day she got lost too, but she made it in by six minutes. Saga vetted in like a champ. So guess who's going to Tevis? Uh, Cressy and Saga. And then all the wind riders are definitely going to go crew for her. It's going to be a great trip. I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. Um, but it's good. I got Merlin home. He come in and slinging his head, showing everybody who's boss, reminding Kassan he is uh, the one who runs the show. And Kassan was showing him little, is doing his little baby mouth just like normal, like, please don't hurt me. I'm a baby. And so um, it was fun. It was a good trip. I'm glad to be home. But I wanted to update you all. It was fun, fun, fun. Got to hang out with so many great friends. Um, from Colorado and uh, Arizona and Texas and Kansas. It was just a blast for everybody to be able to hang out and put their chairs together and chat. And I think we should totally do that at every endurance ride. Everybody should have to be forced to mingle um, because that's how you learn and you meet each other. And that's what made this trip so good. But my next trip is Fort Stanton. Um, my plan is to do three LDs in a row, even though the vet told me I could move him up to 50s. I want to get that dang Pioneer Award. And so um, last year I overtimed because I got lost on the second day and there was no way to make it. So that um, just really chapped me and I refuse to give up. I'm going to go back and try to conquer that and do three days of LDs. I know he's healthy. He could do it. And I'm going to do that and we'll go back to 50s if all goes well. But that's the update for us and I'll keep you posted on our training. Thank you guys so much for following Merlin and I. Until next time. Hi, my name is Lori Henschel and I'm from Clintonville, Wisconsin, which is about 45 minutes west of Green Bay. And I have been an endurance rider since we completed and got hooked after our first LD in the fall of 2012. Um, the weather here has been incredibly hot and humid as of late. I try not to complain too much about the weather in Wisconsin because it just is what it is and you have to deal with it. And it can be quite miserable at times. Uh, it was about uh, 
two months ago, we had 30 inches of snow in just over 24 hours. And sometimes the weather can be 20 below. So I choose to complain about that and not about the heat and humidity. So as you can imagine, Wisconsin weather does raise quite a bit of havoc with conditioning rides and actual races. But for me, it also throws a wrench into my work life. I am also a dairy and crop farmer as an occupation. And the weather is a big reason why we've only been to two rides so far this year. It's been tough getting to rides and having time to condition horses and plus it's been tough getting crops planted and in the ground. But uh, I do have uh, three horses. Uh, My horse Bravo who I started endurance riding with Um, and just about any other horse thing that I decided to try as an adult. Uh, He's a Tennessee walker, and I got him at four months old. I saw a picture of him on the Internet, and he was exactly what I what I wanted. I was um, drawn or looking for Tennessee walkers because of their smoothness. I have uh, a bad knee, back, ankle, and having a gated horse uh, seemed to be the answer to longevity in the saddle for me. By having a gated horse and starting endurance, you you learn so much. You learn about, I mean, you learn about this with any horse, but you learn about calcium and electrolytes and it requires more conditioning, and uh, with a gated horse, I feel your margin of error is, is smaller, um, but we've also done very well. Uh, Bravo has gotten several BCs, um, and he, he, he does well. He, he pulses down well. Uh, he loves the sport. So other things that I've tried with Bravo, I also tried keeping him a stallion until he was four. I thought that was a good idea. Uh, That led to my second horse that I share with my daughter because her horse Shasta Daisy and Bravo had Oops-a-Daisy who uh, was born in October of 2008. but Oops is a wonderful accident. Uh, she is incredibly smooth, and she's my uh, old lady Sunday LD big old smooth Cadillac pony. Not only uh, super smooth, but she's got that great people-loving personality that uh, Tennessee walkers are known for. But then I got my competitive side going. You get started in this, and you also have... It's, competitive side within myself. Um, I wanted to ride actual endurance distances and that led me to search for a third horse, an Arabian. Uh, Not that Tennessee walkers can't do this, just not the two that I have. Uh, So I Um, I mean, I do have a decade team goal with Bravo, but for him to do more than just a couple 50s a year is is just too much for the way that he's put together. Oopsa, she's super sweet and put together well, but she is lazy. Uh, When she decides to quit, she just stops. Uh, I used to try to pony her off of Bravo, and I quit doing that for conditioning rides, and I quit doing that because she just stops. (laughs) Um, but I do now use her to pony from. So in my search then for an Arabian, I somehow was tricked into buying two. Uh, but that is a story for another podcast. Um, but being tricked, that ended up okay. I wouldn't have Batania, a.k.a. Yaya, if uh, I hadn't been tricked. 
I got Ya about three years ago. We just connected right from the start, and she absolutely loves to go down the trail. I mean, every time I go and get her and give her the bridle, she she literally shoves her nose in the bridle. She's uh, competitive and sensible, and, and we just get along really, really well. Uh, and to me, that's so important. You spend so much time with these horses. You want to enjoy the person or the horse, I guess, that you're uh, going down the trail with. Uh, and that overrides several of the facts of why she wasn't my first choice of the two um, that I had bought. Uh, she is somewhat finer bone. She has a rough uh, slow trot. Her walk is incredibly slow. I mean, I don't know who would wa- who would want to walk that slow unless you're maybe doing Western Pleasure. I don't know. Um, but those are things that we are working on as well as saddle fit issues. Who doesn't have those, right? The on- ongoing saddle issue. Um, but we have this incredible relationship and that that to me is what it's all about. Uh, this last race that we did to me was the best that we've done so far. Uh, she was a partner from start to finish. I mean, we didn't have the wigginess at, at the front where, you know, she's just all like, you, you're on this horse, but you don't know if the horse is with you kind of thing. She was, it was just, it was, it was super nice to have that from start to finish. And uh, at one point, you know, this is the seal of the deal is, or for me, making it the best ride so far. There was one point where I had to hop off and go to the bathroom. And I went and I went to the bathroom really quick, jumped on this log and she slid over to me and I, and she stood still. And I hopped back on, and as soon as I was on and gave the let's go, we're off at this fast trot and just heading down the trail. And as a 50-year-old endurance rider, that's a huge bonus to me. That's that's what the partnership thing is all about. But <laughs> with that said, probably our next ride, she's going to be horrible. But oh well, I ride the horse that shows up. And you just go from there. Uh, we do hope to complete. We've completed 175. I hope to complete another 75 with her this season. Or maybe we'll try 100. I don't know if I can get things to work out. But that's, you know, it's important to have a plan, uh, which, you know, I do every year. You have a plan. But then the more important thing is to be flexible enough to change plans when needed, which always seems to be needed. Um, how did I get started in horses. Uh, my first memory is a, is of a pony at my grandma's. I was probably three or four years old and my grandma brought this pony. I was up on the steps that I was sitting on and I was like, <gasps> you know, you're scared and excited all at the same time. And you fast forward a few years and that pony was mine or became my pony. And uh, her name was Candy, and she was blind in one eye, couldn't see out of the other, but knew exactly where the barn was. I had quite a few hairy rides on that pony, but that also gave me the excellent seat that I have today. I mean, who isn't? You can almost pick out who isn't a better rider for having had a naughty, naughty pony as a kid. Right, I got started in endurance riding um, as an adult after the kids are gone off to college, and I had a barefoot trimmer who had uh, talked about 
endurance riding. She had an endurance ride. She had an Arabian. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like fun. Do you think I could do it? I mean, I have a gated horse and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yep, I think you can do it. And so we uh, trained, Bravo and I trained and trained and trained and trained. And in October then, or in the fall, we tried our uh, LD and I, w- I was hooked. I mean, we just barely completed, but all winter long, that's, you know, that's all I dreamt of. And I've been hooked ever since. And that's what I think I like about endurance riding is you can challenge yourself at whatever level you're at or want to be at. And it's you and your horse against the trail. And you can see all this beautiful, beautiful scenery. And you have the security of having a vet to make sure everything's okay with your horse. And you have the camaraderie with the other riders. Um, This reminds me a lot of cross country where it just, it seems like everybody cheers for everybody. It's not, you know, us against them kind of thing. You know, everybody just is so happy to see somebody. I mean, to finish is truly to win. And and if you can do more and better, you know, good for you. People are happy for you for whatever you're at and whatever goal. And uh, that's I, that's what I think I like the most is uh, the connection you know with your horse and with the other people that just truly want the best for you and your horse where whatever that might be. Uh, so with that, I'm gonna sign off and say happy riding, and I hope to see you out on the trail sometime. Hi, Daryl from New Zealand again. Just listen to episode four, loving hearing everyone's stories, and I could just see my good friend Jenny Chandler sitting on her roof recording her story. As Jenny mentioned, she is a bit competitive, and that reminded me of my first 100km ride, so I thought I'd share that story with you all. I had been asked by one of our older riders, Jenny Hearn, if I would like to do a 100km ride at our North Island Champs on her horse that year. His registered name is Al Dahab Acadian which is why he was usually called Dan by all and sundry. Nobody could pronounce it properly. It's a bit scary on paper, paper. especially when it came to prize-giving ceremonies. Anyway, Jenny Hearn wanted Dan to do another 100-kilometre ride, but didn't feel able to do it herself, so she asked me to ride him for her. The course that year is remembered for one particular big hill. We climbed it on every loop of that ride. The first time we went up it, it was dark, and it was the first time. The second time, Dan remembered it and said, "Uh uh-uh, not doing it. The first time, we powered on up no problem. The second time, he just went dog. I virtually carried him up. I got off and pulled him from in front. That didn't work, so I tried pushing. Well, we all know how much effect that had. I picked up each front foot and turn and moved forward all the way up this hill, one at a time. I swear at the time, it felt like walking up out of the Grand Canyon. Each corner looked like it was the top, and then you got there and it turned out there was another bit, and then another. It was either the second or third loop when we saw Jenny Chandler and her partner in crime, Lace, Lace and Fineness. In podcast episode four, Jenny said that she can be a bit competitive. I think it's a bit of a toss-up over who's more competitive, her or her horse, Lace. When I saw them during that ride, they were just closing a gate on the other side of a field. Up to that point, I think they were both confident there was no one else anywhere near them. They both saw me, I think, at the same time, and I could almost see Jenny saying, Holy crap! And then Lace, Holy crap! And then they took off at a rate of knots, and the next time I saw them, they were just getting to the top of that big hill as I reached the bottom of it. 
and dismounted to carry Dan up it yet again. She went on to take second place in that event. Dan and I made it through that vetting and headed out on the last loop comfortably in third place, behind Jenny. And then he seriously went dog. We were trotting along and three others came thundering up behind and he said, yeah, let him go, I don't care. Then we got to the bottom of the hill again and for the fourth time I carried him up. I was getting a bit tired by that point, you can imagine. I did a skin pinch on his shoulder as we got to the top and it stayed out. We stopped at the water trough at the bottom of the other side and I said, we're not going any further until you drink. He hung his nose over the water and refused to drink. I threw water in his mouth, I threw it all over his neck. I tried to pull his head down into the water. I cupped water up to his mouth. After about five minutes, he still wouldn't drink, so I gave up. What would be would be. Pretty difficult when you're riding somebody else's horse and you feel that responsibility. Anyway, we kept up a steady jog into the finish line. It was only about ten minutes further along after our stop. I was fully expecting a metabolic vet out. But the little toad had one for skin and 48 heart rate, if I remember rightly. He'd been faking the entire time. We didn't finish third, but we did finish. Dan's owner and breeder were very pleased that I'd just done, and I'd just done my first 100km ride. And I remember being very pleased with myself that I must be doing okay if I could put the Frighteners up such a good competitive team as Jenny Chandler and Lace and Fineness. More next time. How's your summer going so far? Hot, hot, hot here in Wisconsin. Humidity and heat is just boiling. So have you been enjoying, I know you don't like to listen to the, all the files because you like to hear it all together as I'm getting files in, but you did listen to a few. What did you think about like how these people got into endurance riding? I mean, some of them, it was a coworker, a place they boarded at. I think that, you know, I, for us, it was word of mouth too, somebody told us. Over the top interesting, you know, how these people get into the endurance, how they, you know, team together, how, you know, you hear it from somebody who heard it from somebody and then, oh, I want to try this and then bam, you're hooked, you know. And the people that are, you know, out west right now getting ready for the Tevis, and things like that, and it's just, I mean, these are, stories are just over the top interesting. Keep them coming. You know, I did have a couple of bits of sad news that I heard through Facebook, and that was uh, a, a couple of people lost endurance riding friends, and one person, you know, had to say goodbye to their horse. And that got me thinking about having a, a tribute episode where I have people send in files and share some stories about their friend if it was their friend that passed or a horse that passed, you know, and just kind of make a, an episode all about the memories. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's going to be something that'll be out there forever then, you know. It, it, it'll it be like a, a movie in words, and it'll never go away. I know you did get to listen to um, Jane Moss. I finally got my person from Ireland. Yes, <laughs> yes, you've been trying hard for that, and, uh, and you do have that one now so excited when I heard that accent like yay yeah if anybody else is listening from Ireland or Scotland I've been trying hard to get you guys to send in a file so send me a file 
Or even if you're from the States and you can fake an accent, go ahead and do that. <laughs> no, don't fake an accent. You send the real thing. Um, so the thing I thought was amazing about Jane um, was that she, she had a pretty traumatic brain injury. And um, I'm sharing in the show notes the clinic that she went to because you never know what you never know. I mean, somebody might remember that they heard, hey, go to this place where she went. She went to the Shepherd Center. So there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Everybody who had a link that I could possibly share, you know, if you check the show notes on Podbean or iTunes, I will have links on there. If I missed your link, email me and I will add it. I can add it later. But that's quite the story for Jane. That significant of an in injury and then qualify for World Equestrian Game. That's just amazing, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of the interesting things to hear, you know, the things that people have overcome and the sport gets into their blood and you have a, a messed up ankle and you find a way to put a brace on it and get on your horse. And I remember you break your leg. <laughs> I help you climb up on the hood of the truck so you can get on your horse. You know, it's, it, you can't stop these people. Catch that on Lori's file there, that um, a mare and a stallion kind of mingled without permission. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, I, I was just laughing. I mean, mm -hmm. an oops horse, perfect. <laughs> Oopsa, I think they call her. I don't think I've met that horse, and now I'm really looking forward to meeting her. I actually did not know that about Fanny, about Beth's horse, and, and I rode with her for a little stretch there with Junior once, and we were both kind of back of the pack with our heavy-muscled horses, I think at Bone Crusher one year, just trying to, to not overheat. So guys, gonna wrap it up here. Just a reminder, if you get a chance to rate this podcast on iTunes, and that will help us keep up there in the top of the search engine on iTunes. Um, and I just wanted to mention Jenny. Jenny Chandler is out there training with Potato, getting ready for Tevis. Brenna is also going out to Tevis. So a couple of the people that have been on the podcast, Keisha Wood is going out there with Cressy Drummond. Hopefully we'll have several files from Tevis for episode seven. So anybody else listening, if you have a story about Tevis or you're going to record there, go ahead and record and send it on in. And uh, also, if uh, you know, share the podcast with your friends and uh, and you know, get people to send files in. The more, the merrier. Happy Fourth of July, y'all! We have a parade to catch. Bye. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.